Yeah, so all good on my end. Excellent. And we are good to go. All right. Let's do it. We are doing it. <laughs> Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Kai is out today, but joining me is Rima Kreis, the host of the Marketplace podcast, This Is Uncomfortable. Welcome, Rima. Oh, hello. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here, especially on What Do You Want to Know Wednesday. Because we want to know so many things, and apparently y'all did too. (laughs) Yes, all of the things. This is the day in the week where we get to hear and answer your questions, and you can get your question onto the podcast by leaving us a voicemail at 508-UB-SMART, or you can email us at makemesmart at marketplace.org. All right. And with that, let's get to our first question. Um, It comes from Ryan in Colorado, and it is about the recent train derailment disaster in Ohio. Uh, He says he was reading about how much money the train company Norfolk Southern has spent on lobbying. And he wants to know, what do companies or special interest groups spend on money when they lobby Congress members? You want to take that, Kimberly? Yeah, because I'm here in D.C., which is lobbying capital of the country. Mm I live next door to a lovely lobbyist, actually. Uh, Mm. Lobbying is basically an attempt by any group or individual to influence government decision. And this can be done by trying to convince elected officials to support or reject certain policies or sometimes just to stay out of it and Mm -hmm. let things play out. Open Secrets tracks this quite a bit, and they found that $4.09 billion dollars were spent on federal lobbying in 2022. We're not even getting into the amount spent on lobbying state legislatures Mm -hmm. and things like that, which is a whole other can of worms. But lobbying can be done by anybody in the U.S. So I had a friend who used to work for a car company, and even though he was like an engineer and a test driver, they would send him up to the hill to help them with Mm. their lobbying efforts so that, you know, they could see that they were real blue-collar workers and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, so money for lobbying can be spent like that, flying people who represent a particular issue to Washington to lobby members of Congress, Um, making flyers, running advertising campaigns, hosting events uh, on the Hill or in members' home districts or whatever, Mm -hmm. and – Anybody can do this. This could be, you know, environmental groups. It can be labor unions. It can be private companies. But there are some groups that spend more than others. So, for instance, for every dollar that labor unions and public interest groups spend on lobbying, private companies spend $34. And, again, they're paying professional lobbyists to talk to and influence lawmakers. Sometimes those people research bills and draft bills. Sometimes they fund trade groups that actually do the lobbying for them, those private companies. And that's where we get to the Norfolk Southern uh, example that he was asking about. So Norfolk Norfolk Southern is a member of the American Association of Railroads, which is an industry group. And that group spent close to $40 million lobbying the federal government, including media campaigns, maybe like meals with lawmakers, Mm -hmm. travel, all those normal things. Not an exhaustive list, but those are the types of things that lobbying money gets spent on. And as for Norfolk Southern, 
it spent on its own $1.8 million last year on lobbying, according to Open Secrets. And apparently, just a few months before the derailment, Norfolk Southern's president met with Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to raise concerns about a federal rule that would require two crew members to operate trains instead of one, Mm. with the idea that that might help prevent, you know, derailments, crashes, etc. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. I was curious about this myself when I saw this question earlier today. And so I was poking around and I read this great article in The Guardian about how about Norfolk and the Association of American Railroads, um, which, as you said, represents Norfolk and how they spent millions in marketing and lobbying over the years. And um, it was basically saying how most of that money, to your point, went to media consulting and advertising like uh yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that money went towards paying for dozens of sponsored articles in the Washington Post and Politico um, and publications for policymakers, all with the goal of winning over, winning them over and federal regulators. Um, Anyway, super interesting article in The Guardian. I recommend checking out if you want to learn more about that. The Washington advertising market is so similar. We have all of these TV ads with people being like, tell your members of Congress to vote no on fill-in-the-blank obscure bill Mm -hmm. or to stay out of weird issue because they know that in the D.C. TV market are – members of Congress and their staff yeah. and regulators and all those things. So they run a lot of ads here specifically targeted at changing those people's minds. Uh, and, and you know, that's lobbying. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to the next right. question. Let's do it. Hello, it's Becca. I'm so glad that Kimberly touched on the issues that she's personally had with menstruation and having to still go to work. I really Amen. would love to know if there's mm-hmm. any data out there that has studied menstruation lack of access to help and its effect on productivity. Thanks. Great. Um, <sighs> the misery. Let's talk the about pain. this. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but I, you know, I'm glad we're talking about this. I think it's an important topic. It yeah. um, doesn't get a lot of mm-hmm. public discussion. So uh, menstrual symptoms, yes, they can affect productivity in a number of ways. Um, And there is some research into this. So one study in the British Medical Journal that surveyed uh, Dutch women between the ages of 15 and 45, it found that about 14% of them had stayed home from work or school because of period pain. Um, Another recent study that surveyed users of a period tracking app called Flow It found that a majority of respondents said menstrual symptoms have a moderate to severe impact on their workplace productivity. Um, And that same study found that nearly all of the survey participants didn't receive any kind of workplace benefits um, about this. But, you know, 75 percent reported wanting them. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's also, you know, some research into the inequity when it comes to access to menstrual products. There's actually a term for it. It's known as period poverty. So one study in a journal called Obstetrics and Gynecology from 2021, it found that one in five low-income women in the U.S. said they couldn't afford period products on a monthly basis. Um, And this can prevent people who have periods from being able to go to school or work, which obviously affects productivity. Um, One survey done by a period product company showed that almost one in five American girls have either missed school or gone home early because they didn't have access to period products, which, honestly, I've been there. Um, Mm. And, you know, it's important to note that period products like pads and tampons are not cheap, 
and things like food stamps, SNAP benefits, um, you, you can't use that to pay for them. And aside from the research, I mean, just anecdotally, I'm sure you can relate to this, Kimberly. I've had so many conversations yeah. with colleagues and friends over the years about how annoying it can be to be on your period while you're working. You know, the, the pain, it can show up in different ways and different levels mm-hmm. of severity for people. But you know, for me, I think there are often like one or two days out of the month where the pain is just, it's really distracting. And you can, you can find me with a heating pad on my stomach, some Advil on my desk, um, and just, you know, trying to get through the workday. I absolutely have a heating pad next to my desk and had one at work, you know, Same. when we were still in the office because it hurts, you know, know, and you have to keep pushing through. And, you know, and then you also want to, maintain, you know, your positive attitude. You don't want to show any symptoms of PMS because God forbid somebody in the office, you know, especially men, God bless them, you know, feel like they can, you know, lean into Mm -hmm. the stereotype about women and PMS and how we behave in the workplace, which makes it even harder when you're already feeling miserable, knowing that you have to sort of watch out for that kind of stuff as well. But, you know, Half the population works through it, and it's no fun. <laughs> Hate it. But thank you for the question. It's, it's good to have this conversation. Totally. All right, let's move on to the next question. Hi, this is Monty from Madison. But I was wondering, uh, as far as renewal, renewables put in people's backyards, what sort of incentives are they providing the people? Possibly if the government and the state provided say, free power to people from these renewables, they'd be more prone to having it in their backyard. That's a good point. Mm. So uh, Monty's talking about the conversation we had in our deep dive about needing all of this new renewable infrastructure energy infrastructure, but a lot of nimbyism, not in my backyard-ism, um, mm. making people not want, you know, solar fields or windmills or whatever else, you know, in their communities. And at the federal and state level, there are a ton of new tax credits, grants, and loans to help reduce renewable energy costs for businesses, nonprofits, state and local organizations. But there are also a lot of incentives to get American property owners on board with you know, bringing some of this smaller scale renewable energy into their home. So there are tax credits and rebates for installing solar panels on your property. Uh, Installing these photovoltaic systems are quite expensive, but they can help you save money in the long term and some benefits can help out property owners with the initial costs. One example is the Federal Solar Investment Tax Credit. It provides a 30% tax credit for solar systems that are installed during the tax years from 2022 to 2032, so a 10-year window. On the wind energy side of things, there are also similar incentives. You can claim a tax credit for putting up a small residential wind electric system on your property. Now, for the bigger ask, like putting up a 300-foot wind turbine on your property, Mm. those incentives work a little bit differently. Property owners in rural areas that have plenty of open space can make a deal with a wind energy company that's building turbines in their area, and the property owner can lease their land in exchange for a percentage of the value of the generated electricity. And, you know, at a time when many farmers in the U.S. are struggling financially, these leases can be really beneficial. 
Plus, there are benefits for the communities who approve large-scale renewable projects, like wind energy companies pay taxes in their project areas, which boosts local funds. And local electricity costs do often go down. One wind energy company in Texas actually does offer free power during nighttime hours Mm. to the areas it services. But, um, you know, we were talking the other day sort of about the people who maybe don't want the visual impact, like the windmills in Mm. their view or, you know, even a nuclear power plant in their community, which is a whole other set of concerns. And I I think Monty is right in that, you know, there probably will need to be some kind of incentive structure to get people, you know, over the hump Mm. a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. What what do you think it would take for you to to deal with a a windmill farm in your view? Mm. Money. (laughs) (laughs) Money fixes everything. Yes, money Um, solves all the problems. (laughs) All right. Last question of the day. Let's go. Hi, my name is Adriana. I'm calling from San Antonio. If you could go back in time, what financial advice would you give your 16-year-old or 18-year-old self? Just curious. Thanks for making me smart and sharing your insights. Hmm. Well, you go first. You you do. We could have a whole podcast episode about this. <laughs> what were you saying? You probably have in some version. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like you mentioned, I, I host the Marketplace podcast. This is uncomfortable. Um, yeah, we we talk a lot about our relationship with money. Um, so, my biggest piece of advice, not earth shattering, but save your money. Mm-hmm. Right? I think yeah. it's so important. Um, I'm not, again, that's not saying anything we don't know, but to save for retirement. I think when I was in my early 20s, I would hear that, you know, advice, but you're in your early 20s. You're young. You're not thinking about retirement, let alone what you're doing the next day. So it wasn't important to me, at least at the time. And so my advice is when you get that first job, if your employer offers a retirement plan, take advantage of it. Max out your 401k contributions, especially if your employer matches your contributions. I didn't realize until my late 20s that I was basically leaving free money on the table by not maxing out my contributions or um, at least, you know, offering more. Um, And so, you know, even if you're not employed or, uh, or even if you are employed, I'd also recommend to do your own savings in the form of a Roth IRA, um, which is basically an individual retirement account that allows you to contribute with after-tax dollars. So basically, the money compounds free of taxes. And speaking of compounding, I mean, that that's what this is, right? We can't underestimate the power of compound interest. Uh, mm-hmm. By doing this, your money is earning money on your money. Like, your money is working for you. Um, and it's one of the best tools out there to build wealth. Uh you know, and you don't have to do anything, right? Once your money is going into your account of choice, whether it's a high interest savings account or an investment account, all you have to do is leave it there. Um, And just to put that in perspective, so if two people put the same amount of money away each year, uh, say it's like $5,000, and they earn the same return on their investments, and they stop saving at the same time when it's time to retire, like when they're in their 60s, one will end up with nearly twice as much money just by starting at age 21 instead of age 31. So that is, you know, potentially hundreds of thousands of, dollar, of dollars you could save if you start early. Um, so that that is my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a lot, especially if you're talking about, like, yeah. as a teenager. You know, even if you can only put away, like, 
$10, $20 a week or even a month, you know, just put it somewhere and leave it. Uh, not only because of the powers of compounding interest that, you know, Rima was just talking about, but also to kind of teach yourself that skill mm-hmm. early on uh, and to get used to paying yourself first. Also, mm-hmm. try really hard not to loan people money. If you can Mm -hmm. avoid it, like obviously you'll have friends and family in a pinch, but just even and especially if someone finds out that you're a good saver, uh, people will start coming to you for money. And Mm -hmm. obviously you want to help out your friends and family when you can. But if you can't take care of yourself first, you're going to be no good to anybody. I used to be a great saver when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. My brothers and sisters like milked me dry. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, it was terrible. You're talking from your own experience. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm talking like when I was like 10 or 12 and I I would be so good at saving my money and they'd be like, oh, I just want a little loan or whatever. My mother (laughs) finally was like, don't loan your brothers and sisters any more money. Uh, And are you so (laughs) a little bit bitter? It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) But uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. But, you know, and also uh, this is a little bit weird. Insurance, especially when you're young, Mm. if you can get life insurance. And again, it can be pretty cheap. You can get term policies that are like, you know, $10, $20 a month. Get them while you're very young because the Mm -hmm. older you get, the more expensive they get. And Mm -hmm. the harder they are to get because you end up with more health problems that make you less eligible. And a lot of even term life policies will have a feature where if you end up with a really bad critical illness, you might be able to draw some of that. Or if you end up with like a whole life insurance policy, you might be able to, you know, get some of that money back at one point or another. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not an expert and, you know, consult your own financial planner and this, that and the other. But if you can think about insurance Life insurance, you know, for your loved ones uh, or yourself, you know, because some policies you can use it for yourself. But also, you know, if there's a charity that you really care Mm. about, but you maybe don't have the resources to give them the kind of donations that you want, you can get yourself a little $10 a month term life insurance policy and set them as a beneficiary and leave a huge gift as your legacy. There are a lot of things you can do with that. So, you know, there there are options you can do with money. That's great advice, Kimberly. I I know we should wrap up soon, but I also want to add one it's more thing. We can go yeah, ahead. Yeah, <laughs> we can just keep on chatting. Uh, mm-hmm. No, when I think back to my younger self, I wish I could tell her, to just cut back on some of the unnecessary spending. Like you did not need to buy that $200 dress you wore that one time, but swore to yourself Mm. that you'd find other reasons to wear it. You know, especially Mm. when you're that young, you might feel pressure to just like buy and consume and keep up with your friends and wear the latest trends, which can lead to a lot of impulsive shopping and a cluttered closet. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, you don't need to buy that thing your friend bought or that gadget you saw on TikTok that'll, you know, supposedly revolutionize your life. And so I think it's really important to ask yourself, what is it that you actually value? And getting clear on that Mm -hmm. can really help. Like I personally really value being generous with the people I love and creating a comfortable home. And so Mm -hmm. when I know those things, it makes it easier when I'm feeling conflicted on, on how to spend my money. So... Yeah, my dad used to tell me, if you can say no to the little things, you can say yes to the big things. Oh, that's nice. 
Yeah. All right. That's it for us today on this What Do You Want to Know Wednesday. If you do have a question about business, tech, the economy, ways to stop your siblings from milking you out of money, whatever, <laughs> uh, you know how to get a hold of us. 508-UBE-SMART, also known as 508-827-6278, or make me smart at marketplace.org. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Our intern is Antonio Barreras. And today's program was engineered by Juan Carlos Torado. Ben Tolliday and Daniel Ramirez composed our theme music. Our acting senior producer is Marissa Cabrera. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. That's it. We did it, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're all done. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.